Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey everyone, welcome to Equipped to Be. Well, I tell you what, how have y'all been? Did you enjoy the episode with uh, Rick Green that was a few weeks ago on biblical citizenship? And I mean, to tell you, I bet you loved, I've been hearing from you on Dr. I with her, the education system is broken and how she was a college professor and she saw firsthand as a college professor who was raised in communist China, you know, she was raised in communist China. And uh, I bet you have just soaked up that both of those episodes. It was so good. We had to do part one and two, but today you're going to love this because now I've set the stage. Have you noticed that? I've set the stage because the world is still on fire. Things are slowly opening up in the world, but I have a great guest and that's Leanne Garfias. Hey, Leanne, I just, I am so excited uh, before I bring her on. She's just kind of waiting for me to bring her in. But before I bring her in, you know, she wrote what I would consider like this epic, every single thing you need to know about homeschooling. And as we know, uh, 2020 brought massive disruption to the educational system that was already broken. But now it's shine a light uh, for parents, for millions, millions and millions of parents. And, you know, Leanne is going to come on and she is going to talk about homeschooling. She's written this book that's, I, I won't exaggerate, it's at least, I think she said 200,000. Now, don't let that intimidate you because if you have high schoolers, you're not going to need to read what, what to do in kindergarten and vice versa. But Leanne is a homeschool graduate herself. Believe it or not, she was homeschooled and survived. And now she's writing about it, and she's homeschooling her own children. So that says something, doesn't it? She is a mother of six. So not only is she homeschooling, she has six kids. Six. So she's going to tell us a little bit more about that. She's the author of four books. And, you know, based on a conversation she and I had, I think she's got some more in her. So you're going to want to watch for those. And she's got three on homeschooling. I told her after she wrote this book, she probably never wanted to mention the word homeschooling again, but you know, you can't because you got to promote the book. But she lives in Dallas, Texas. She loves homeschooling. She loves her upbringing in the homeschool community. And she is uh, with a drum and the little, the drumstick, just kind of beating, beating it away and helping to make homeschooling not just doable. Because you know, in my book, I hate to say, let's let's do more than survive. Who wants to survive? Let's thrive. And we're going to have a conversation with Leanne about that. So Leanne, with no further ado, please a welcome to the Equipped to Be podcast. I'm so glad you're with us. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Connie. Thank you. All right. So we had some great chit chat prior. And I just tell us, you know, my listeners are always curious when there's six you know, we've got six kids and you're homeschooling and you're writing books. And, you know, as everybody starts to listen to you, they'll hear 
you're actually happy. You know, you don't sound, you know, like, oh, life is so terrible. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you caught me on a good day. There are some <laughs> days when I might say, oh, life is terrible because it is hard. But praise the Lord, we can, like you said, we can thrive and find those good days. I do have six kids. My oldest, I have three adults already, which I still don't feel like the How mom of adults. How did that happen? Oh. I don't know. A 23-year-old, a 19-year-old, almost 20, and a just-turned-18-year-old who's engaged already. So it's moving really fast. And then at home, I have a 14-year-old and 10-year-old twins. So I I am still really busy. And besides writing, I'm a professional violinist, but I took a sabbatical from playing to to concentrate more on writing for a season. So it is really busy here, but we where I'm a soccer mom too and really busy with my kids and two of them have some special needs, but it's really fun. I enjoy being a mom and I enjoy the stage of life I'm in right now. I'm tired already. I'm a failure. I couldn't do all that. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I, 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 it's like part of me wants to go down this whole violinist thing. I think that's phenomenal. And then when you said I had to kind of like lay that down for a little bit, you know, my first thought is some people would be, well, why couldn't you keep that too? Like only get three hours of sleep instead of four. Um, but something that I, I think is very important for listeners to hear is, and this is like not in our interview questions. And I think this is important for all women in all seasons and all stages of life. And that is knowing your season, knowing what's before you, knowing what your goals and objectives are, and being willing to say, not right now, I need to lay this down. Not forever, but not now. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's not easy. It took a lot of counseling and and prayer from other people because I was in a very unhealthy place mentally and emotionally and physically trying to do it all. And I think that's easy for any mom, no matter what um, tasks and hobbies and talents and opportunities face you. It's always tempting for us to do too much, especially if we feel obligated to serve God with everything that we have. And so that was actually really hard and involved a lot of tears because I love playing the violin. I went to college as a music major and only became a writer a few years ago. So it wasn't what I really wanted to do, but God kept giving me that counsel and putting it in my life over and over again. And finally, a doctor told me, Leanne, you need to pick only half a dozen things to do (laughs) and you have to take one major. She's said, you have to take one major thing off your plate or don't come back to the doctor anymore because I can't help you. Wow. So I went home on my way home. I called um, the music manager of my orchestra and said, I have to give you back. I was supposed to play in a concert Mm. that weekend. And I said, I have to give you back my music. I can't play anymore. And that was the beginning of so much freedom. When we give to God what he wants us to lay aside when we give that back to God there it can seem so hard but actually there is so much more peace and so much more freedom and then God has 
the opportunity. Well, he always does, but God allows us the opportunity to serve him so much more than we imagine, actually, when we give those things up to him. Yeah, I'm actually writing that down. That's a very good point. When we are willing to lay it down, just kind of say, okay, I'm a master strengths coach, and I recently did a leadership workshop for some homeschool leaders. And, you know, leaders... I, I was gonna say leaders have this tendency, but I'm I would I would put that in the same bucket as as women and homeschool moms. You know, we we try to do it all, be it all, and we can drown when we do that. I don't mean literally, I mean figuratively, but I like that you said that in the way that you framed it. Something that I think is important is, you know, God doesn't have second best for for us. As I look back, Leanne, because my kids now are are all graduated from homeschooling and they're doing well, when I look back over that season, there were some very hard decisions, very hard opportunities that I had to say, I can't. And, And it keeps drawing me back to just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because somebody asked doesn't mean you need to say yes. And laying something down is never easy, like you said. Um, part of that is society. I think part society says you can do it all and have it all. And you said something pretty critical, and and that's kind of what I teach with strengths, with mastering strengths is, you know, you can never excel at everything. You can't. You can be good at a lot of things, but to excel, you have to zero in and pick a few things. So that was wise counsel you got early on. Um, I think that's wonderful. And you live out in Dallas, Texas and enjoying it out there. Yes, I really do. We lived on the East Coast and served in a ministry there for about seven years. And then my husband felt called again to lay it aside and move our family um, to the Dallas area. And again, it's just another picture of that principle. It just gave our family so much more freedom and really a better environment, a better mental and emotional and spiritual environment to be able to raise our children. So I'm really thankful. I love being down here. I never want to move away from this area. I don't know. Maybe I could convince you to come to Central Florida. That's a pretty cool spot, too. Um, Oh, it really is. Actually, we were married in South Florida. Really? So we love to come to Florida. Yeah. I love it. So, Leanne, why did you, what led you to to homeschool your own kids? Because I've heard a lot of moms, obviously, my kids are grown, and some of the kids are like, oh, I would never do that. And then others are, or are thinking, I am absolutely going to do that. What, what led you to homeschool your kids? And have you homeschooled all the way through those, the older three? My husband made me. I was homeschooled <laughs> myself. I, for a minute. And I know it's not what people expect when they find out I'm a homeschool grad, but I didn't want to like adamantly did not want to homeschool. I was homeschooled back in the earlier days when it was, a, it was much more difficult to homeschool. There weren't as many resources. There wasn't as much support. It was actually very dangerous in the state of Michigan to homeschool. So I saw how much my parents really uh, worked hard and the long hours my mom was studying and how much I felt it took over her life. And I didn't want that for myself. I wanted to 
to have a career, to be in music, to be, I wanted my career, of course, to be in ministry. So I thought it was very holy, my decisions, but I still um, wanted to do so much more, in my opinion, than just be, quote unquote, stuck at home with my children. But um, our oldest was three years old, and I was working in the church next door. We lived in the parsonage even, and I expected my kids would go to the Christian school right there where I taught. And my husband said, I want you to try homeschooling for a year. And I fought him tooth and nail. But he really felt uh, convicted that that was the way that God was leading our family. So I agreed to homeschool for just one year. It's preschool. So I figured it didn't even count. I had taught preschool for a year. So I felt like I knew what was going on there. So I taught him and got completely addicted to those light bulb moments when he first understood that the sounds that letters make, when he first started understanding different concepts with his math. uh, To me, it felt like watching my child take steps for the first time. And I thought, I don't want someone else to have those opportunities. I want to be there when he does. So selfishly, (laughs) I decided that I did want to stick with homeschooling. And then we have all the way from kindergarten through graduation for all of our kids, except three of them now are still at home. I'm just graduating one right now. So there'll be three left. Um, And that's, that's kind of the story. So when we kind of like fast forward, your book came out and the year of 2020. And that's all we ever have to say for the whole world, the year of 2020. I'd like to know in the wake of of this change that we've seen in this massive disruption, what have you seen the attitudes of homeschoolers? Have you seen them change? Have you seen them uh, be afraid? Have you seen them see the possibilities that like you saw after you dove into it yourself? Unpack that for me. Well, it's actually expected, I think, from outsiders that homeschooling would just explode as a result of, like you said, the disruption in education. I love that term. But up until now, the Department of Education actually had done an investigation on how children were educated, what the parent, the parental level of education had to do with test scores, why parents were choosing what they did, all these things. And what they found, um, one of the many interesting things they found was that the main reason parents chose to homeschooling out of many reasons, parents could list many reasons, but if they had to choose the most important reason, over 80% chose safety of their child. A third of them chose the most important reason was a relationship with God or a spiritual influence. But by and large, In 2016, people were choosing safety, um, staying away from bullying, um, protecting them from shootings, things like that. Safety was the biggest concern. 
And so it's not at all surprising that safety has continued to be a concern with parents across the country because now they're worried about the health safety of their children. And that is driving them, obviously requiring them to stay home, but driving them to say, maybe I'm not going to send my children back, at least for the the long time in the future because I want to keep my children safe. So we've seen we've seen hands-on homeschooling just explode. There it is now there's more than twice as many hands-on homeschooling, not distance learning um, public school, but actually hands-on traditional homeschooling. There are over twice as many now than there were in 2016. And and there are more children that are hands-on homeschooling than are enrolled in private schools in America. So this has just exploded because of necessity. Parents, I believe from the ones I've seen, parents are still intimidated. They may feel afraid. They may, may feel unsure of what they're doing. But they're taking this step in faith. They're taking this step with courage that they can do the right thing for their child. They continue to parent the way they know is best for their child in spite of any difficulties that they're not sure about. And then when they get into it, then they're saying, this is going to be the way I educate my child for the rest of this year or for the time being, because they see once they get into it, that it really is possible, better for their child, easier than they imagined, better than distance learning, and really a benefit to the entire family. Interesting. You know, it's true. Back in the day, I used to say, you know, homeschoolers, homeschooling, well, that's not for everyone. Uh, and partly because, well, I believed it. I did believe it. But now my opinion is starting to change a bit. And largely that's because of the critical race theory. It's because the way parents are pushed aside, they're demeaned, they're told they really don't have a place in their child's life, so to speak, other than pay the bills. Because, you know, they do, you know, everybody wants parents to, you know, afford their kids, you know, food budget, especially if you have teenagers. But what we see happening now in our current educational system is our kids just really aren't learning the vital skills that they need. Checkbook, uh, how to figure out if you how to buy a house, how to figure out how to grocery shop or live on a budget or how to write a well thought out persuasive uh, body of of work, and I'm not talking about a, a book, but I mean, just a simple paragraph is is what I'm talking about. And the fact that the kids are always having to watch out. There's not this freedom that we once enjoyed and, and even that we enjoyed a few years ago of our kids, you know, toddling off to the school and they've got their friends and they're learning these different social. There's a lot that can happen when kids get together. There is a lot of learning. So I'm not I'm not saying that isn't valid. They learn they learn manners, they learn etiquette, they learn what's okay in societal norms. They they learn how to put up with different personalities and they also have to learn how to taper down some of their tendencies that could, you know, maybe they talk too much or maybe they don't stay in their seat or there's certain things that do happen in a peer environment. But I know that that can be simulated just as easy 
in a homeschool environment with a few close friends or a co-op or hybrid learning as it can in a, in a different setting where you're undermined all the time. I mean, what I'm noticing, and Leanne, you probably did a lot of research on this, is the aggravation of parents uh, bringing their children home. And it's like, you're not the same child I dropped off eight hours ago. You're, you have like this attitude or you have you know, whatever. So I'm not, I'm not bashing. That's not the purpose of our show today, but it is to draw awareness that the educational system has changed. The objectives I think have always been there from a very long time, but they've, they've changed and they're more um, blatant than they were in the past. Have you, in your research for your wonderful book, uh, and the name of the book is Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling, a comprehensive, easy-to-use guide for the journey from early learning through graduation. And I tell you, folks, it's, it is. I, I don't know if there's a word she left out or a thought that you might experience. It's, it's that comprehensive. But Leanne, have you kind of seen that same thing in your research of what I just said as far as fostering the same positives of social interaction inside the homeschool arena uh, without all the complexities. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but without all the complexities of, say, being undermined all day long. Well, actually, I wrote uh, a whole chapter in that book entitled The Dangers of Homeschooling to kind of address some of the things that we don't always talk about out loud, some of the problems that might be inherent in the homeschool community or the temptations we might face within our homeschool family. And one of the things I mentioned in there and dealt with for a little bit was being able to submit ourselves to the instruction and teaching of others. There can be um, an attitude within families, um, like you said, where where they're not willing to submit to the ideas, the spiritual counsel, um, the educational background of people outside their own homeschool. And, and this can happen really easily. We homeschool because we believe this is the best for our child. And we homeschool because we believe rightly that God has uniquely enabled us and equipped us to train our children. But it still takes a lot of humility in order to teach our children these things that you mentioned, to be able to teach them to listen and consider the ideas of others, good and bad, to be able to filter through what is truth and what is wrong, to be able to submit to instruction from outside teachers, to be able to follow someone else's deadlines and assignments and um, protocol, like sitting in your seat, being quiet, waiting your turn to ask questions. These are important things that we need to have humility to in order to um, train ourselves as adults and train our children in order to have these teachable qualities toward um, everyone that God puts in our lives. I love how in your chapters, you you basically give questions to ponder, you give um, assessments, so to speak. Gauging, how are you doing? How's it going? And some thoughts for parents to consider. I like that. And you know, as we do talk about homeschooling, it some people do think they start off Pollyanna. They think that, oh, I've got my schedule, I've got my books, everybody's gonna wake up happy and ready to go. 
says a mom at you know seven and then 805 is ready to quit because those wonderful blessings that we have, <laughs> they don't always like your schedule and they don't always want to do it because learning is hard. And some children struggle with perfectionism, so they don't want to try if they can't master it. And some children are afraid of failing. Just There's just a natural fear of failing that's not related to perfectionism. Um, and, you know, all the complexities. You know, we homeschooled for 21 years, and I've been in the homeschool movement now for 30 years. It's hard to believe that. And I love you pointing out that there can be a relationship void as a mom. We can feel isolated. You talk about the depression that can set in and that we have to be mindful of. <laughs> the depression within, as a mom, like you said, you laid down some important things. You have to. We're, there is a myth that we are super women and homeschooling is a job. And people often ask me, how did I do it all? How was I able to have this resume that I have? I'm like, well, it was built over a lifetime. It wasn't built in a day. And homeschooling is a job. It, most people get paid to teach children, and we do it because we love them. And I love how you talk about the other dangers of burnout. Those are all real. And I would imagine throughout your homeschooling, your three older ones and getting ready to graduate your fourth, I'd imagine that there were a few days uh, that burned out or that depressed or that isolation. Uh, you could have written that firsthand without any research. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about that. And I also relied on counsel from other experts and Christian counselors and pastors about how to address this because it's such a common problem. We got on the um, on the call just now. And you asked me when we first met, how are you doing today? And I told you, I'm having a horrible day, which I really am. I woke up and there were problems immediately as soon as I opened my eyes and homeschooling started late. And then the children were, I don't want to say demanding, but reminding me of all the promises I had made about what we were going to do today. And I felt like we didn't have time to do what I really should do. And it was a full afternoon of doctor's appointments and errands. And it was just one of those days when every mom and especially homeschool moms just want to throw in the towel. But what was really special is I walked down the stairs and I don't want to sound all holier than thou, but I said to my kids, I really need Jesus this morning. We're going to stop and read a verse at least of scripture and pray over it. And the verse of the day on my Bible app was the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful waters. The um And the version we were reading actually said, he helps me to rest in the meadow and he leads me to peaceful streams. And one of my children spoke up and said, you know what? That means we can rest throughout our day. God is leading us and this is the way the sheep are walking and God promised that we can rest while we're doing it. And as he's leading us, it will be peaceful. And I didn't feel that way at the moment. <laughs> and I was a little annoyed at my child for saying that <laughs> in the flesh. But I realized, you know, God is right and she was right. 
this is the way God wants us to be as moms and as homeschoolers and the ideal we're going to. But we fail. We're all sinners. We're all very flawed mothers. So there should not be this ideal that we are super mom and super Pinterest person and spending all day reading on the sofa and running through the fields because that's not true. Homeschooling is impossible in and of itself because God wants us to be dependent on him. And another one of my children spoke up this morning and said, see how God is in control of these sheep. He is the one who um, directs where they walk and where they eat and where they drink. And that's why we have rest and peace. And that is the same way with our homeschooling. If if we are allowing God to direct it, then um, it will have that rest and peace as we give ourselves over to it. But just like sheep, we're going to sometimes fight against it or want to wander out of it. But this is, to go back to my thought, it is impossible to homeschool. It is a horrible life. It is just terrible. But it's when we give it over to God and we allow Jesus to take control of our minds and our wills and our emotions, then we can see him use this incredible opportunity in our family for his glory and for his peace and rest as well. Mm, What a great way. And I didn't even have to ask you to give your best advice. I think that was phenomenal uh, that you just kind of wrapped it up that way, being restful and you know, the truth is we can't rely on our feelings because they fail us constantly. We just have to do what we know. Uh, what is the next thing? Like you knew I needed to do this and you did it. And that is kind of like the measure of of everything that we do as as women, as we're walking with the Lord and raising our children. And I just am so grateful that you wrote this book. Uh, we, we were talking about it earlier because we were just talking about homeschooling, and I said, this was your book to write, and it is so thorough. Uh, I am so grateful that you took years, because that's really what it took to write this thing. Everything you need to know about homeschooling, many parents are going to be considering what to do in the future for academic, for uh, spiritual, for uh, safety, as you said, and for numerous other reasons. The reasons people choose to educate their children at home are numerous now. It's not just one segment that started off that way. Well, parents are running from something. And I think your book helps them run to something else. So Leanne, I appreciate that. And um, could you just tell our listeners real quick, where can they find you? And I will also include this in the show notes. I'm at lagarfias.com. It's spelled like my name, L-A-G-A-R-F. IAS.com. And you can contact me there through the contact. I answer every email personally. So I always love to answer questions and to make contact with new homeschoolers or prospective homeschoolers or anyone who just has questions about homeschooling. Um, You can find my book, Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling, anywhere you order books like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Target, anywhere like that. And you can probably find it in Barnes & Noble if it's not sold out, so you have to call ahead. 
because I'm glad it's doing really well there. People are interested, like you said, in homeschooling and want to find resources that help them do it well. Right, right. Oh, Leanne, it was such a delight to have you on the program and speak to us today about just your experience and how you've changed and grown and kind of pop the bubble a little bit that there's the myth of getting it all done, that we do have to lay things down in order to do something, I wouldn't say better, but to do something else. And in your case was to to write this book and other books and to teach our children or whatever it is. You had a verse in there, what God has called you to, he will equip you for, but we have to be listening. And so just coming on the podcast and joining us at Equipped to Be is, is great little food for thought for parents that are pondering School year's wrapping up. What will we do in 2021? And uh, I will include your information in the show notes. And I just thank you for joining us today, Leanne. Oh, this was a great conversation. Thank you. Hey, y'all, that wraps up Equipped to Be at this episode. And go back and listen to Dr. I and listen to Rick Green. There's been some great podcasts, and you'll want to go back and listen to those. And I would also say go back and listen to that podcast on how to stop letting people get in headspace, you know, because people can say things to us and make us doubt and stumble and, and, and are afraid. But when you get a hold of the right resources, and I do want to let you know that Leanne didn't mention this, but she's starting a podcast. So in addition to Equipped to Be, you want to check out her podcast, and that is... Homeschool Made Easy. Homeschool Made Easy. Of course, right? Uh, check it out. She's going to have lots of resources and tips, and she just she has a, a, a very great resource that she wrote to draw from. So you guys have a great week. Make sure you follow us on social media, and I would love for you to join our email list so you don't miss out on any of the important informations and downloads that we have at Equipped to Be. You guys have a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.